this crazy world we live in, when people use the word geek, it can create certain impressions. In reality, geek culture has never been more mainstream. Let's learn about the real people behind the stereotype. I'm your super dummy Paul. This is Geek. My name is Mike, Mike Burton. I host Genuine Chits Chat and Star Wars Comics in Canon. Genuine Chit Chat is I speak to a different person each episode. A lot of it is around the realm of nerdy stuff and geeky things and whatnot. Sometimes I just talk to people about movies and games and comics and stuff. Other times I talk to them about music or, I mean, recent one of my most recent episodes, uh, which will be out by the time this releases, is uh, with a, an ex-adult film star, should we put it in that way. Um, so that's a quite exciting one. And I've also had someone from the Church of Satan on my podcast. So it's quite a nice wide berth. Uh, of guests and Star Wars comics in can is inherently nerdy because it's just talking about Star Wars comics and you don't really get more uh, nerdy than that. With me, I'm a man who's got his finger in many pies. So, like, I'm really into music, but I'm also into films and also TV series and podcasting and video games. So, I like everything, which is probably the, the big issue. Most of it is within the realms of nerdiness. Outside of that, I work in insurance, which is a really exciting avenue. I used to work at a CD production and cassette manufacturing place. Um, I did an apprenticeship there and was there for about five years. uh, And I did a lot of graphic design there. And weirdly enough, because it was CD and cassette production, there was a very small amount of uh, sound editing stuff to do with that. And before that, for fun, in college, I used to make music videos for bands. So I learned a lot of graphic design from media in college and then also that job itself uh and then i i left that job it was a very small company i left it because i was basically just kind of wanted to go elsewhere uh i went somewhere and i hated it so i left had about two months off which was two of the best months of my entire life to be honest with you i had enough in savings i was like i'm gonna have two months off and do nothing and i that's when i started my podcast that's when i i made another music video i learned to sew and sewed up about five holes in loads of clothes i had um and i went camping which is exciting and then I found the job at insurance because they would pay me money. And if any of my employers are listening to this, that is the answer. I My job is all right. I do motor claims mainly. So it's quite interesting to some degree, you know, I've seen loads of photos of car accidents and things and trying to work out who's at fault by, you know, this person, that person. But it's not, it's not that exciting. It's not, I don't do it for the passion, I do the passion of the road. I, that's not why I work in insurance. I work in insurance because podcasting doesn't really pay unless you're Joe Rogan. Uh, and because they pay me money. I mean, I've got tattoos. I don't know if that counts as being nerdy. Uh, they're Star Wars tattoos, so I think they do count. I've done quite a few other things. I mean, I did quite a lot of rock climbing. I quite enjoy um, in indoor rock climbing. I'm not quite advanced enough to do outside. Um, I've done... I used to have quite like water sports quite a lot. And not in the after dark sense. I mean, actually like sailing and uh, kayaking and that sort of thing. I've actually certified a level four sailor, weirdly enough. So I can rig up a Pico and a Stratos, which most people don't even know what they are, but like a little dinghy with one mast. I can rig that up fully uh, with a boom and all that sort of jazz. I can operate the rudder and the the tiller and the rudder and the rudder extension, all that sort of jazz so i can sail a boat i can canoe kayak do a bit of indoor rock climbing uh, i like archery uh rifle shooting is quite fun i've never done clay pigeon shooting 
Um, so I've done quite a lot. I, I seem to have done a lot of things a couple of times. Like I, I haven't done a huge, huge amount. I'm, I'm not overly into cars. I like playing sport, but I don't like watching it very much, except the Olympics. I think the gymnastics at the Olympics, not just because certain women are very attractive, but like actually genuinely the trampolining and some of the triple jumps, you watch someone do it and you go, what the fuck? But yeah, I've uh, I've done most things uh, a couple of times and I enjoy most things. That's one of the weird things about me is there's, there's very little things that I don't enjoy. As I said with sport, I mean, I used to play badminton a lot. I used to play dodgeball a lot um, and that sort of stuff. And I used to play football a fair amount. Um, in fact, I did until recently. I, I played a few games with my work colleagues actually, but it's just, I don't enjoy playing sport as much as I enjoy doing podcasting and consuming nerdy content. So it kind of, if I get invited occasionally, I'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And I do it once. I'm like, that's kind of my, my sporty feel for six months. <laughs> and then later on, I'll do one more thing. Um, but aside from that, I mean, yeah, it, it's hand in many pies. I like to, oh, to be fair, nerdy. I don't know if this counts as nerdy stuff but um, or geeky stuff, but I love museums. It doesn't really matter what the museum's about. I just love absorbing information. So um, me and me and Megan, we like traveling around England, we normally find somewhere that's normally got a zoo and a museum. <laughs> so that's normally, norm- or, or petting zoos are quite good, or farms. Uh, that's normally what I do a lot with my free time. And I'm not podcasting, consuming nerdy content. I'm going to museums. I've got, uh, so I've got two older brothers. Well, I've got three older brothers. My family tree is very confusing and I'm not going to get into that because that will be here all day. But essentially, um, I've got my dad uh, and my dad was married before uh, he was with my mum. And so my two older brothers, by blood, um, one of them is 17 years older than me, and one of them is about 20 years older than me. So one of the reasons why I get on, I think, with the guys a lot in Comics in Motion, who are slightly older and things, uh, about some of the the movies or the music and things, is because I've always had the influence from my brother, who for a while was basically like double my age. So I had that sort of the Generation Ups influence. So him and I, we used to go to the arcade together a lot. He showed me all the cool films. So like Blade and Aliens, Predator, Terminator, like all that stuff I was watching when I was like 12. He basically, my parents, I remember, they um, they said to him, they're like, okay, he can watch anything as long as you give the approval, as long as there's no sex and no, like no extreme sex and no ridiculous amount of drugs. And he was like, okay. So they're like, but if you think it's appropriate for him, if it's a bit of kissing and stuff, that's fine. But they were quite funny. I remember that I've never seen the film My Super Ex-Girlfriend and it's got Uma Thurman in it. And they wouldn't let me, I can't, I think it was a 15 and they wouldn't let me watch that until I was that age. But they were letting me watch Predator. And my brother got me Predator Concrete Jungle, which is an excellent game. But the way you execute people in that is by skinning them and hanging them by their intestines off like lampposts and things. And they were fine with that. So I don't really understand <laughs> their logic. But because of that, I didn't watch any films with very much sex at all. But I watched every single cool sci-fi and horror film for years. Um, so I had him as quite a big influence in some ways. Um, my dad was my dad was the one who got me into Star Wars and things. Um, so it was growing up, my dad was into musical art and musicals, funnily enough, his favorite musical ever was West Side Story. And he like he was proper into music. He played music and all that sort of other jazz. And he loved movies. And he got me into Indiana Jones and Star Wars and some of the 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 sort of standard classics, E.T., you know, those sort of things. A lot of the Spielberg-esque sort of uh, films and whatnot, uh, Shawshank Redemption, etc. And 
my brother was getting me into the nerdier stuff. You know, there's there's so many random Japanese films that are rather, more so Asian films. I'm not sure if they're all Japanese, but like, you know, there's really random films that no one's ever heard of, but you watch them and they're really cool. Like I've just seen like 50 of them and I, I couldn't even tell you what half of them are called. <laughs> I got no idea. I just, they're somewhere in my brain there hidden around. Um, so that, that was sort of the outside influence to a degree. My other brother, Chris, he, he influenced me as well, but he was more so when I was, sort of 15 plus he then influenced me more he was getting me like um arrow video movies and things like i've got a film called street trash which is named the hobo holocaust which is amazing um as horrible as it sounds only about 15 hobos in the whole film die only well in la i think 15 isn't that many compared to how many there are i'm not saying killing homeless people is for, that's not the takeaway from this conversation is yeah if you only kill like under 20 homeless people it's okay <laughs> that's not where i'm coming from at all um but with my own nerdy stuff, with no outside influence, um, a lot of it was video games. That was where that was my first big nerdy love came. I mean, I read like the Beano and Dandy and stuff when I was younger, but I was never like really, really, really into them. I just got them and would read them. I'd love Garfield though for some reason. I absolutely bloody love Garfield comics. Um, I've got books of Garfield comics of all things, and um, but video games are the big thing. I remember when I was four. It was either four or five. It's my earliest memory is me getting a Game Boy Color, which puts my age out there, um, which I'm not ashamed of. It probably makes some some of the listeners quite upset. Um, but I remember specifically vividly getting a Game Boy Color and getting Super Mario Land, which is not a color game. Uh, Pokemon Red, which is also not a color game. Both of them were just sort of Game Boy Black and White, but Pokemon Red had a nice red tinge to everything for some reason. Um, and then... I just, from there, it kind of expanded a lot. What was quite good about the Game Boy is I got the Game Boy Color yeah, when I was like five. And I also got, I think from my brother, Chris, or it might have been Rob, but from one of my brothers, I got a PlayStation 1 about a year or so afterwards. And I remember I had Crash Bandicoot 2 before I had Crash Bandicoot 1, which is terrible because I played Crash 2, completed it, went back to Crash 1, and it's just the same. But for me, it was slightly worse. So kind of shot myself in the foot there. Um, but it was... They were the early stuff because the, the good thing is with the Game Boy as well as I had you know, Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance and the Nintendo DS and things. The Game Boy Advance had loads of games ported to it that were original uh, NES and SNES games. So like Link to the Past, classic SNES game. I played the Game Boy Advance version of that. It's exactly the same, but uh, Metroid, the original Metroid game, I had that, but I also had a remake, which was Metroid Zero Mission, which is exactly the same, but it's a better version of it. So there's lots of these little weird things. I, I used to play... Um, well, after getting into video games a lot when I was younger, when I was like five, and then it grew and grew and grew, uh, my older brother, Rob, he also was really into video games as well. And I remember going over his and playing the Dreamcast and the N64 and then the original Xbox and playing Halo on that and stuff. So I think video games were probably the biggest nerdy thing for me. And that's kind of how I learned a lot about comic book stuff, because I had like Spider-Man PS1 games and things like that, which... So one of the reasons I think Carnage is one of my favorite Spider-Man villains is because, and Venom is as well, I love the whole symbiote stuff, but in the spy, I can't remember if it's Spider-Man 1 or Spider-Man 2. I think it was Spider-Man 1 uh, on the PlayStation, as in not the movie versions of the games, like the actual whatever game they were called, like Mysterious Revenge or something like that. The end villain in one of the games is Carnage, and then you beat him, and then he combines with Doc Ock, and then you've got Doc Ock running towards you in full red symbiote, and it is terrifying. The video game stuff was the big thing for me until, really until I I 
started dating really when it was college and i started getting involved with women that was <laughs> that was when video games took a bit more of a, a back seat um just time management really and you know chasing after the wrong things probably and um i read i remember reading a lot when i was a kid as well i read quite a lot of normal books but i didn't really read that many comic books but i did watch quite a lot of tv and cartoons and things so i do remember the original the x-men animated series from the 90s and still i stand by that's probably the greatest theme tune of any thing ever like i know a lot of people i know steve argues the batman animated series and I think the Spider-Man series from the late 80s and early 90s, I think uh, Dave kind of puts a flag behind that. But I'm like, no. X-Men animated series is the best theme song for anything ever. Megan knows it because of how often it gets stuck in my head and I play it on YouTube to get it out of my head. She's never seen the animated series of X-Men, but she knows the tune well enough because I play it so often. It was kind of a mishmash of lots of different things, you know, lots of different sort of angles coming in. Uh, getting me into different things and like Star Wars for example my dad got me into Star Wars because it was always on ITV which for non-UK listeners that was channel number three and for a long while we only had channel one and two and then we got channel three and then we got channel four then we got channel five and then you know Freeview and all that sort of other stuff but I remember ITV's Friday nights it would do like the six Star Wars films and then it would be the three Indiana Jones films before you know the unmentionable one comes in and then they would do like a few other random Spielberg movies, and I think the Jurassic Park movies, and then it would just go back to Star Wars. So every four months or so, they would just play all the Star Wars films every Friday. My dad passed away when I was 19, and he died of cancer. So a lot of my current love for Star Wars is intertwined with nostalgia and some emotional connection with my dad and things. Like, he never knew Episode Seven was ever coming out. Like, he died that the... I think it was only months before the trailer or the announcement ever happened. So for him, it was those original six and that was it. So I feel like part of me as a person loving Star Wars so much is probably potentially subconsciously or maybe more consciously as I've gotten older and realized things intertwined with that. Some of my favorite video games ever, I I didn't choose to get. What he would do is he used to read the newspaper, I think it was The Guardian, and he'd always read the reviews of the best movies and the best video game stuff. Now my dad, I don't think he ever even played a video game. I'm I don't think he ever played Pong or Pac-Man or even Tetris, nothing. He had no interest of any kind. You know, he read a lot, he did a lot, he loved music and musicals and all kinds of other stuff, but video games is just nothing that ever really um clicked with him. But he would always if I would do really good at school or if something was coming up um, or if it's my birthday or something like that, there'd always be a game or two that he would buy me that I'd never heard of that was amazing because he'd check multiple. He'd go, oh, the Guardian ruled this quite well. And then he would check elsewhere. And then if it had a really good review, he'd get it for me. And there's a game called Super Smash Brothers, um, which is probably among my favorite games ever. And I remember he got it for me on the GameCube and I'd never heard of it. And I saw the cover and I was like, Mario fighting Link from Legend of Zelda. What is happening? I need this. And I obsessively played it a lot. And I played that game to death, to be honest. I just used to complete, well, I say complete it. It's not a game you can necessarily complete, but I got like every trophy bar, like four, and then restart the game and delete my save data and do it all again countless times. And the game Star Wars The Force Unleashed, which is actually what my tattoo is, one of my tattoos is of, um, which is a Legends Star Wars game. I'd never heard of that when that came out. And that was only, I think it was 2007. So that was, I was about 13-ish around that time. So with video games as well, even though my brother Rob, I used to go over his and play Halo and that sort of stuff as well, my dad would often surprise me with stuff I'd never heard of. 
And a lot of those things became were just amazing games anyway. So the the sort of with me and nerd culture, it, it has random bits and pieces kind of everywhere and certain parts I kind of dip in and out of. I've had like a renaissance in a sense of a, of a lot of things like um, with comic books was a big one because like the being of the dandy, I used to read them a lot when I was younger and I used to read, I think it was Toxic Magazine, I think it was called. It's one of those, it's one of those magazines aimed at young boys and you'd get, you know, two free gifts with it and one would be like some goo or something and then a four page joke book. And then you'd open it and it would tell you about you know uh the next x-men film coming out and it would have like a it'd have like an interview with hugh jackman but it wouldn't be an actual interview it would just be asking him five stupid questions <laughs> like what's your favorite cheese or what's your least favorite smell and really random things like that don't equate to anything but the, those sorts of stupid comics um and then i would yeah it was basically video games were my main love from probably from the age of five to probably 16 17 and then around the time that i discovered drinking and women and unmentionable things then i got distracted a lot um by stuff and then from there it was just trying to do everything at once which i'm still trying to do uh and sort of bits and pieces coming in and out like for for about five years i basically didn't read anything as in like books i just didn't and then the only reason i really started reading books i had this weird random renaissance of books in my late teens where i just read loads of loads i read about five autobiographies i don't don't know what i was like i really am into autobiographies and then i read five and i was like don't need to read anymore (laughs) done completed it mate i do kind of have that kind of personality it's it's like um the way i describe it to people is there's like a fire burning inside all the time just constant like an actual full-on fire and it's basically just if I don't do something with it, it will just burn me up essentially and I'll go mental. So it's kind of just finding ways to get this energy out constructively without just running in circles and screaming. And normally that just comes, it's taken a while to get balanced. I've I've had many unbalanced years of my life, especially after obviously my dad passed away because that was when I was 19. So that was interesting year or two for me. That's when I did a lot of uh, drinking and other things I probably shouldn't have done. So it's that sort of realm of things in that way. But aside from that sort of uh, little period of time of mine, I've, I've come to balance it a lot more because I, I know I can be an obsessive person when it comes to things with people. I'm not, I don't really get obsessed or fixated on people much. Fortunately Um, I'm quite chill with people, but when it comes to me being able to do whatever I want my own time, like my dad had this a lot where it's like we'd go on holiday and he would just, walk off with his guitar for like four hours he'd just go sit under a tree and play the guitar to himself and that's just because he just that was his thing and he he's written books and whatever as well so it's like he would just really easily close himself in a room and do whatever he wanted to do for however long and he would have that kind of drive and i do have that but my mum's quite you go into the house that um because i obviously don't live with my parents or live with my mum anymore her house is like a show home like it's clean everywhere to the t like perfect because she is very honest as soon as something gets dirty she cleans it immediately and everything's really she's kind of on her feet all the time doing loads of different things all the time kind of like arm wavy and stuff whereas my dad was quite stoic and still and focus on one thing so i've kind of got a mix of those two things where i've got the manic of going around wanting to do things all the time constantly almost like add in a way while simultaneously having this stoic focus so it just kind of culminates into me having about five things that I'm doing to about 60% all the time. 
so it's that's why i've got two podcasts and now a third podcast on my patreon and then also i'm always doing some degree of graphic design i'm currently doing ad i've just done adverts for one person and then i'm doing ad, an advert for myself that's going in a magazine and then there's the new show that i'm planning for uh the comics emotion feed the book club that i need to do the artwork and figure the things out the structure for that as well as you know everything else reading styles books and just and then there's time for me to do fun things you know like i enjoy podcasting it it gives me fulfillment but when i when i'm in bed it's like my general method is okay so the first say i'm in bed for two hours before i sleep i go okay for the first hour i'll read star wars comics and i'll make notes about the star wars comics and then after i've done my hour of air quotes work then i'll read half an hour of a comic i want to read which at the moment is miracle man book two and then the last half hour, I'll read a book I want to read, which is currently Light of the Jedi. So that's kind of, I, I compartmentalize almost every aspect of my own life to be organized chaos. So they don't looking in, they're just like, mate, what the f are you doing? And to me, it's like, yeah, it's chaotic. It's busy. And that's how I describe it. I've, I've described the inside of my head before, like you go into some sort of atrium and there's just post-it notes everywhere just no matter where you look there's just post-it notes and you walk up to a wall and certain post-it notes there's like an inch thick and other ones there's like 10 meters of post-it notes sticking out and all it is is when i know something about something you get a new post-it note on the wall and the more information you know you add to the post-it notes so there's certain things like star wars where there's just silly amounts but there's other things where i have vague knowledge on probably only about 10 buzzwords but i have that for most things so i just <laughs> i don't have a filing cabinet with my constructive, concise thoughts on things. I just have bits and pieces everywhere, organized just enough. So if you know where things are, you could find your way around. But if someone else went into my atrium brain and saw a bajillion post-it notes, they would just go mental. I love talking with people and I do love, um, obviously I have a lot to say, uh, or maybe I like to say a lot, maybe there's not that much substance, but I have a lot to say. And when I, I love talking to people about things they're passionate about, but also if they're like, most people know what Star Wars is. So you can kind of gauge when you talk to someone and they see normally the Star Wars tattoos, depending on how excited they are by the tattoos, normally is a gauge of how much they're into Star Wars. And then my knowledge of the canon is quite deep. So I can talk to most people about most things. So in part, it is a nice conversation piece, but it is also, what I think I like about it is that I can make it fit my own lifestyle a lot easier. Because, you know, if you if you just get a random desire to go rock climbing, first of all, the place has to be open and it has to have spaces if you can. And then you have to, you know, get your stuff together, drive or however I can drive. So drive over there, do the thing, come back, shower, done. And, you know, that from going, I'm going to do this thing now. To actually have done it and come back, it's normally two plus hours. If you're there for like an hour, maybe more. But with comics and things, you can just have that kind of manic mindset where I'm just like, I really want to read. So I just want to see Darth Vader with a lightsaber kicking ass. And I don't want to watch the films I've seen 50 times. Then you can, I can just go in my little comic bin, pick it out and do that. And I think that the podcast as well has helped, helped me deep dive in it more as well. It's kind of helped it's like a, a positive feedback loop where it's kind of the more I have to learn about the thing for the podcast, the more I get into it. So like before when I'd read a comic, I'd just read the comic. But now it's like, oh, I have to look out for certain characters I recognize or planets and things. So because I'm doing that, I'm going through it with a finer tooth comb. And because of that, I 
then and recognize them more things like when there's a comic character there's been a few recently i've just read a comic and i'm like i recognize that guy and then i'm like oh man he's in this comic i tackled a while ago and it seems like i'm really clever with my, my organizing in my podcast to some degree i am not as much as people think but like a lot of the time it'd be like oh this links back with the, the podcast i did last month it's like that was a coincidence i haven't even read this comic before but because i vape you know i recognize because it would be if i read a comic and I had to like every time a new word comes up and had to look that up i'd be doing it for hours but the good thing is i've got a good enough peripheral knowledge to kind of you know pick things out but with being with megan as i think helped quite a lot because it helped keep me balanced in a way because what i'd find is when i was single especially when i'd started the podcast and i was single for it was about i don't know, somewhere between six months and a year that i was single um after starting the podcast and so that gave me just so much more time and with too much time to myself i do go a bit balmy because i do need that kind of social element and it's almost that kind of thing it's kind of like with a child if you can have everything you want all the time then you kind of stop wanting it as much because the novelty's kind of gone so i think that part of it is that because like Megan's not really into comics. Um, she's into like nerdy stuff. She's really got into Star Wars recently. She's a massive Harry Potter fan, which does kind of help. And she's got into the MCU and all these other things, which means that I can kind of, she reigns me in a little bit. So like with me, um, I don't necessarily binge TV shows that much. And nor does Megan. We're, we're the kind of people that will sit down and watch like four episodes of something in a night, you know, two sitcom episodes and two longer episodes, rather than watching four hours of the same show. We like to split it up and, I think it helps us kind of digest it a little bit and things. But with before her, what I would do is I'd be like, I want to watch this TV show. And then you just spend the whole of Saturday just watching that TV show. And I would kind of, my quest for con- consumption and to have seen the thing to be able to talk about it would be greater than almost stopping to enjoy it. So I'd like watch, like um, I, I used to watch TV series with friends quite a lot to kind of ease me up. But certain things I'd watch, you know, I'd I'd watch all of a TV show immediately. And then I'd be like, cool, tick off the list. I've seen that thing I can talk about it with people. And then I'd have a conversation and I wouldn't be able to remember half the stuff because I'd watched it so quickly. And but so I think that because Megan does like comics that much, uh, but she's fine with me reading comics, that gives us the divide a little bit. So I get that time to myself is the comic reading time and things. And I think that being able to escape on my terms is quite good so i've kind of got the the layers of of geekdom in a sense in you know watching movies or tv series with megan but normally not if we watch a superhero movie we we normally won't watch another one for a few days um or something it's that sort of balance first there was the dc comics news podcast then came the spinner rack and now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? 
Harley fucking Quinn, what have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Booger. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up the bat, me nuts. I definitely do not fuck bats. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't fuck with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. All work and no play makes for a dull way to live, don't you agree? Join me, Adam Ray, and a very special guest each week on The Hostile Takeover, where they and I discuss their favourite game, PC, console, board game or tabletop, whatever they decide, what we will talk about. Let gaming be the way forward. Working's too much. It's time for a Hostile Takeover, coming soon to a podcast feed near you. Hi, my name's Steve, and I'm here to tell you all about the DC Comics News Podcast. Every week, my friends and I sit down and discuss everything DC. Movies, TV and streaming, comic books, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Whatever the case, you can find the DC Comics News Podcast on every podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere else you find podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. When my dad died, I thought I was dealing with it well um, because, you know, I was I was still going to my job. I was still hanging out with people and I wouldn't you know, break down crying or anything like that. But I was drinking a fair amount 
and I was doing other substances to kind of deal with it. And I didn't really recognize that until kind of I stopped. It was never like, it was never a problem where I was like, you know, doing cocaine on a Wednesday night and then going to work in a state. It was never that level, but it was, you know, it was the kind of thing of on the weekends I would go hard, you know, and because of that, I would, it would be kind of burning myself out. I'd be waiting for the weekend to just get fucked. And then I would get an absolute state and probably have fun, but then not really remember any of it. And I would do that. I was doing that for probably, probably about two or two or three years, not like straight, but kind of going up and down in, in a way. And I, anyone who talked to me wouldn't know that was what was going on in the background. And I didn't even really recognize that until I've looked back on it after the fact, you know, and I've between then and now I've been in three sort of longish, I say long-term relationships, you know, over, over a year, uh, long relationships, which helped me sort of self-reflect on things. But that I've already been in the place where it was unhealthy and I wasn't dealing with my problems properly. I was just kind of drugging myself up to make myself feel happy rather than confronting the problem and dealing with it. And once I kind of did that, I was relatively fine. But I think in doing that, it kind of twigged that that connection with like Star Wars has always been a connection with my dad. That's always been a thing. And I remember when I watched Force Awakens, I was very emotional about it. I was very excited, you know, when the credit, you know, when the music played and the credit, uh, the opening crawl comes up and it was like opening night or whatever, not the midnight release, but the, the day after. And I was with like, all my mates and things. And it was something I never got to thought I'd see. Like I didn't quite, I didn't cry, but I got teary and I was like quite emotional. And then I just thought I was super excited for Star Wars. And it took a while for me to really, connect the dots because people would be like, oh, why do you love Star Wars so much? And I'd be like, oh, because of, you know, there's a big universe and all the sort of interconnected pieces put together. You can like read a book and also read a comic and play a game and it's all to do with this, that, and the other. And then it would always root back to, and I'd always bring up, and as I have done in this conversation, I'd always mention my dad and it would always somehow link back to that. And so I think that with it now, it is a healthy way of doing it because it's just a passion of mine like if someone said to me tomorrow you can never consume styles content again i'd be a bit sad because i'm like well i've got two fucking tattoos and a podcast so i don't know what i'm gonna do about that but like the actual styles itself even though it is important to me to a degree i think it is just that kind of that that degree of comfort to the connection of my dad it's like um like my dad likes a lot of prog rock and a lot of music um and things like genesis peter gabriel uh dream theater and stuff but david bowie david bowie was like a big thing that my dad was into so there's certain songs i hear and it or certain music i hear and i quite like the sound of it i didn't used to like that sound but i think i like it now because it's kind of reminiscent in some ways of my dad so i think that it's it's healthy because i am in control like i'm not i've got the money to be able to buy i mean the star wars comics monthly does not cost much money at all and i'm not like letting my job go or anything else in place of star wars even when i was in my more self-destructive phase i was still going to my job and i was still doing a good job and things no one at my job knew anything that was really like they knew my dad had passed away but they didn't know what i was getting up to on the weekends so i've always been fairly good at managing even when i go mental or something there's still that slight pullback like i, I was never going mental like in the week i don't think I think aside from music festivals and being off work, I don't know if I've ever had more than two ciders in it in the week, just because of 
with work and things. So I, I like to think that it is helping me a lot, excluding, you know, the connections I've made and, and all that sort of other stuff. If it's just purely the content consumption, I think it is because it it's really joyous to me. And it's, I like to describe Star Wars in a lot of ways, similar to podcasting. It is work, but it is fun work. It's just, it's kind of the work that you you wish you were getting paid for, you know, and the end of it, you know, sometimes when you're editing for ages or you have to read this book or this comic for this interview or whatever it is in the midst of doing the thing that's the most boring part or whatever, it's like, oh, sometimes you're like, oh, do I really want to do this? Oh, can I be bothered? Oh, this comic's a bit of a slog. And then once you finish the comic or whatever, the editing, and then you do the conversation or whatever the goal was and you come out the other side, it's incredibly rare for me to do that and out the other side think that wasn't worth it. So I think it is a net good for myself just on the basis that I know <laughs> what was not good for me. <laughs> at work, I'm known as the Star Wars guy. So, which is kind of one of those things where like in, in the realm of comics and motion stuff, I'm kind of known as the Star Wars guy, even though I just really know loads about the canon, but I know that... Um, I think Matt from What's the Topic knows loads. I know that Steve and Matt of Classic Comics know a lot about sort of legend stuff. And everyone's got everyone's got a degree of knowledge about Star Wars. So, but in the realm of comics emotion, if I was known as the Star Wars guy, that's fine because I've got a Star Wars podcast and I talk about Star Wars all the time. That's cool. But then at work, it, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I've got Star Wars tattooed on me. So it's going to be a thing. It's going to come up at some point or another. And because they're on my arms and they're quite brightly colored, they're quite hard to miss. And people do treat you differently to a degree. I think that, I mean, it is a weird one because it's kind of hard to know whether or not it's a positive or negative in some realms. I suppose that the time that, I think the times it annoys me is when, and a lot of people do this, and it only annoys me a little bit, but it's when people go, you know, I don't mean to offend you, but I've never seen any of the Star Wars films. Like People say it to me so often, and I'm just like, uh. it, it's one of those things where I, I'm always smile back and say, you're missing out or something. I, I'm not a dick about it, but it does. Oh, it gets under my skin because it's just like, what do you want? It's like, they're the kind of people who go, like, I know when certain things are really, really popular and what's going on about them, a lot of the time it makes people not really want to watch them as much because I can, the hype machine does ruin stuff. But it annoys me when people try to kind of humble brag. When, when Game of Thrones is a big thing, and I, I watched Game of Thrones and stuff from that series three-ish, I think, uh, with a mate of mine. And the amount of times people constantly on social media or in real life, as soon as anyone mentions Game of Thrones and near them in real life or they see statuses, constantly saying, well, I don't know about anyone else, but I don't actually watch Game of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones? I've never seen a single episode. It's like, do, why are you bragging about missing out on a cultural phenomenon? And, and when people with Star Wars, I think, because Star Wars is such a big thing, most people have seen it in some realm. Most of the time people go, oh, your tattoos are really cool. Yeah, I quite like the Star Wars movies, but I haven't done anything further. And I go, that's cool. And then judging on what they say is how far I go into it. Like, I remember this conversation with someone um, who I didn't know greatly well, but they're very nice. And they they were talking about Mandalorian, the end of series one. And they said, oh, when that guy who was a Sith Lord came out with a, light, with a black lightsaber, that was amazing. And I was just like, everything you said in that sentence was wrong. But obviously I didn't say 
everything you just said was wrong because that's being a massive chode. But, you know, I had to kind of play the game in a sense sort of kind of drip feed the information. I don't want to come across as a dick. Like, you're wrong about everything. But because they were really interested and they want to talk to me, I could slowly over the conversation kind of nudge areas. There was certain parts, like I didn't correct him saying he was or wasn't a Sith Lord because tr- getting into the mythos of Sith and how poorly it's actually showed in the movies a lot of the time and explained. And then in Legends, it's got the world, about 50 books all about it. And then in canon, it's got nothing. So it's all this huge mess to get into even describing the Sith. But with certain people, it's kind of, because it's Star Wars is such a massive thing, I think a lot of people quite like the facts, especially when I've got tattooed on me, because it's very rare to meet someone who knows so little about Star Wars that they actually couldn't even manage half a conversation on it. Even if the conversation is just, I've never seen them. Still, people know who generally who Yoda and Darth Vader are, generally speaking. And it, it's kind of, yeah, if people are enthusiastic about it or neutral, I'm completely happy with it. I've only met a couple of people who are kind of dickish about it. It's normally like, it. this sounds really bad, okay? But this is a trump card that I've got and it's one of the few things that's good. But like, the trump card I have is when people say to me, you got a Star Wars tattoo. You know that's going to be on you forever, don't you? Like, what, what, you know, that kind of subtle judgy tone of being like, you're young at the moment. You may not like that forever. And then the trump card is, yes, but my dad died and I got my Star Wars tattoo as a homage to him because he's of the original trilogy um, uh, generation and I'm of the prequel era generation. And my tattoo, the Darth Vader one, is of Mustafar battle and Darth Vader. And that is the fight that connects the prequels to the originals. And that's what brings the whole thing together. That's what brings the six films together. And that what signifies uh, mine and my dad's relationship with Star Wars. And as soon as you say that, they shut up. Because you can't... As soon as someone mentions I got a tattoo about my dead dad, you can't say anything about that. You just win immediately. And I don't... I don't... You know, I don't go rubbing it in people's faces, go like, yeah. It's that sort of thing. If you're civil about it with me, it's fine. But it's it's the things that annoy me is, yeah, when people either try and shame about tattoos, which just pisses me off anyway, but when they try and brag that they've not seen it, it it's like... You, I don't understand. You, you, you seem to... I've got tattoos of me of cells. Clearly, I really enjoy it. You telling me that you're bragging you haven't seen it, why? Like, I'm not saying cells are the greatest thing in the world, but when people say that, it's almost like they've not only not seen it, but to not have seen any Star Wars, you have to actually avoid it. I don't, I'm not sure I fully believe anyone can be living in the Western world who is over 30, who has... Act who has genuinely never seen Star Wars on TV or heard anyone talking about it or ever just seen a film. No, you have to actually avoid it because it's so widespread now to genuinely have never seen anything about it and know nothing. And I'm just like, I don't think everyone should necessarily watch Star Wars, but when something is such a big cultural thing, it just make it just makes me go, wouldn't you give it a go? Like just the films, I don't expect you to watch, you know, the millions of series, read all the books and everything about Legends, but just like, if there's something that's that massive, it's just kind of how I'm wired in a way. If there's something massive everyone's talking about it, as long as it's not fucking Love Island and I know what it's going to be, if it's a film or a series or something, I'll generally try and give it a go if it seems like my kind of thing to a degree, um, which is most things. But yeah, I think with, with nerdy and geeky stuff, people, I mean, I'm quite open from the outset. I know that the stereotype with nerdy people or geeks is that they're introverted and awkward. 
And I think a lot of people would wish I was more introverted and actually more awkward because I think I I surprise people a lot. Normally they see the Styles tattoo and think, because I've had people approach me in the street and I think a lot of the time they think, oh, that guy's got a Styles tattoo. He's probably going to be a, you know, a neckbeard mumbler. And it's like, well, I've kind of got half of that. But because I'm so out there, I think people, I've seen it in their eyes where they come up to me and they think, oh, he's going to kind of try and shrug it off and walk away. And then I'm like, oh, yes. And they're like, God, this guy's got far too much bloody energy. I don't need that. So I I think that it it can be that way, but I, I can't say anyone... I think all the negative experience I've had with nerdy stuff, it's more in school, more than anything. People, you know, calling you a nerd and stuff. But it was just like, I went to a very chavvy school. Um, I'm not sure what people outside of America know chavs as. It was almost like a jock school, but jocks, if they were poor, I guess that's what a chav is. Just imagine a, a jock that can't really afford the fancy stuff they wear for sports. That's basically a chav. And it was the school was full of chavs so it'd be there's like a group of like 50 of us and the rest of the school was all generally chavvy and so that was kind of it but that was just really that's just school in it you just get anytime anyone's different from anyone else even slightly they just get ridiculed so in that realm i haven't but most of the people i surround myself with are quite nerdy and i think that nerdiness is kind of kind of going into more into the mainstream as well people are less like the lines are blurred now, I think, because you get like a lot of, like Megan wouldn't, before meeting me, wouldn't have necessarily called herself a nerd. But I was like, well, you've read all the Harry Potter books loads of times. You've seen all the films 20 plus times. You can name like every aspect in there. You've seen, you've been to Harry Potter Studios like four times. Like you are a massive Harry Potter nerd. But but because Harry Potter is so kind of mainstream now, you could buy, I know Star Wars is to a degree as well, but like you could buy Harry Potter pajamas in Primark. People seem to kind of think, oh, it's not that nerdy. And then Game of Thrones, it's like, you can watch Game of Thrones without being a nerd. It's like, well, I mean, the, it depends what you're nerdy about, I, I guess. I, I describe people who are obsessed with sport as nerdy. Like there's people I know who can name like every team that's like every year of the premiership, which team won in the final and what scores they got. And I'm like, that's just being a sports nerd. You, you're as into, you know, sweaty men running on grass playing with balls as, as I am with space wizards. You know, it's it's not, they're not, <laughs> just because the theme is different, the amount of knowledge you have and the obsession with it is the same. I think society is generally going in the right direction because like, I'd compare it with music in a similar way as well, right? Because I'm into, I'm into relatively every genre of music. So I like genuinely like classical music but my dad used to love classical as well which is probably part of it but like classical music um there's a few playlists i've got which is just violin music and there's a band called apocalyptica that just four celloists and it's just incredible and i love that but i also love melodic death metal and metalcore and so full-on shouting with you know blast beats going on and you can't really hear the lyrics and it's just very or angry and the logo of the band just looks like random tree roots you can't even read what the band name is like i, I like all of that i love pop music sia is one of my favorite artists ever i absolutely love sia so it's like i quite like some lady gaga songs rihanna umbrella that's probably one of my favorite songs but also slipknot is one of my favorite bands ever so it's like with that I used to get ridiculed a lot for liking heavy music. You know, I, I've got a playlist on my phone called shouty music because that's what people generally call it. They go, God, why listen to that music? It's so shouty and loud. It's like, well, the loudness is nothing to do. It's really the volume. You know, you could have Lady Gaga be loud music. You just turn the volume up. But regardless, with Spotify and streaming services uh, of music, I've noticed there's a lot of bands like Architects Bring Me the Horizon and, I mean, Slipknot were doing it a bit anyway, but like the bands that were 
quite in the genre, like not necessarily on the edge. They're either coming slightly more to the edge and becoming more accessible. That well, that they are doing that while simultaneously people coming in from other directions. Because what it used to be is the only way anyone would listen to a Slipknot CD would be they'd have to go to HMV and buy a Slipknot CD or, you know, prior to that, you know, cassette and vinyl and things. So you'd have to go out of your way because that sort of music would never be played on the radio. But because Spotify and everything else, you've got the recommendations and stuff. People end up listening to music that goes into those sort of genres without really realizing it. And so slowly they merge. And I think the Reading and Leeds Festival um, is quite a big show of that because you've got bands like, you've got like Billie Eilish and Post Malone, both of whom I love, as well as My Chemical Romance was playing there a while ago. You've got Bring Me the Horizon, they were playing there, like lots of variety. And they're slowly getting more and more heavy bands playing as well, especially in the smaller stages. And the reason I bring up that comparison is because nerd culture is a lot like that and i think nerd culture you know you when star wars came out you know that was a the original trilogy that was a worldwide phenomenon and then when the prequel trilogy came out you had you know the people dressing up in cosplay going outside going outside cinemas and things and that obviously still happens now but what there was before was that it seemed just like a weird minority of you know the standard comic book nerds going to comic cons and all these sort of other things and i think as the internet is is sort of uh collating people's interests things like reddit and facebook you know things that have groups and whatever and even podcasts like ours and things like little community pockets that just appreciate generally nerdy things i think it's becoming more okay it's more accessible you don't get people don't get bullied necessarily anymore for liking anime there's just a group of people like as megan she works in a school and my niece is one of them is 14 and I've got about five mates who seem to work in schools, I've just realized. So I've got a few teacher friends, one who's in IT, lots of things. So I have a, a vague idea, including as my niece and my nephews as well. I have a vague idea of the sort of uh, culture at schools at the moment. And it used to be, you know, you watch things like American Pie or even older than that. You've got, you know, you've got your jocks, you've got your nerds, you've got your... This, you've got now it's, it's not really like that because you've got like the nerds, but they're the nerds who just like anime. And the, I think the negative derogatory terms like weeb. So it's like, okay, they're the they're the kids over there who like anime and K-pop and J-pop and that sort of stuff. But then you've got the gamers over there. Who, and, you know, gaming now isn't seen as nerdy because now people who win League of Legends competitions make more money than a lot of professional athletes. So that's a big thing. And I think just rather than being a big circle of nerdy stuff that just kind of encompasses, in my opinion, everything cool, it's now there's so much of it it's split into its own little sub-genres in a sense, which is what I think a lot of time with metal and stuff like that has done as well. And rap, I think, for a lot of reasons. I think rap is generally more accepted than metal is, but it's rap, I think, is probably about 20 years ahead of metal is in the realm of acceptance. But it's that sort of thing of just, you need more people to say they like it. And they don't have to yell it from the rooftops, but just being in a little group saying you like it. Because when you go on things like Reddit and you see the Star Wars subreddit has got some amount of million people following it and same with League of Legends and all these sort of other things, you then aren't in this little weird minority. You can't really be pushed aside and looked at like you're different because when you're then in sometimes the majority or you're in a minority that is almost the same size as the majority it doesn't seem like such a weird thing. And I think that with the streaming services, with Netflix and stuff, things like, you know, the show Umbrella Academy, it's just, I haven't seen it personally, but I know enough about it. That is a superhero series made from, obviously, the singer of My Chemical Romance, funnily enough. It's that kind of thing. 
with Umbrella Academy, that's quite a mainstream thing that loads and loads of people have seen, but it's just about superheroes because you know, the MCU, you're no longer, if you've seen Avengers, you're no longer a nerd. You're just someone who's seen Avengers. So I think my kind of view on it now is just like, everyone is nerdy in their own ways, be it sport, music. Nerd for me is just someone who's really into something. Um, and I think that the streaming services on Netflix and et cetera have allowed the cross-pollination of audiences and people to sort of slowly find their own way to nerdy stuff and realize, oh, there's a reason why comic books have been a thing since the pre pre the 40s. Oh, there's a reason why the Marvel Cinematic Universe is one of the best-selling film franchises ever, if not the best-selling film franchise. Oh, styles have been going on for over 40 years. There is a reason. There's not just this thing existed and then just no one watched it or bought it. Like, And I think people are starting to recognize that. And I like that the social, to use a fancy word, zeitgeist, is accepting nerd stuff more. And I think anyone who considers themselves not to be a nerd is just either insanely boring or is lying to themselves. I think I would just say to people, don't ever be ashamed of stuff that you enjoy. You know, as, as long as it's not, as long as it's not hurting anyone, then enjoy it. And if people just, if people mistreat you or if people don't get you because you like that stuff, then you're just not getting the opinion from the right people. And one thing I've kind of said before is, this is going to make me sound like an egotistical chode, but if if someone hates me, gives me negative opinions, I don't care what they have to say. Because if they don't like me, then in my view, why should I validate their opinion? Because they haven't gotten to know me. If someone that I really like gives me a negative opinion of me, I will take it to heart because they know who I am. So if there's someone who is telling you that you shouldn't watch this anime or you shouldn't read this book or whatever, you have to think of two things. First of all, does it give you enjoyment? And is it, and if so, continue doing it as long as it's not destroying your life. And simultaneously, look at that person. And are they just going around trying to tear everyone else down? And if they are, then just don't listen to their opinion because they are then the person with the problem. Don't ever be ashamed of enjoying something because someone who doesn't enjoy anything mocks you. You can hear more from Mike on his podcast, Genuine Chit Chat, or his show on the Comics in Motion podcast feed, Star Wars Comics in Canon. If you'd like to contact him, you can do so on Twitter and Facebook using Genuine Chit Chat or Instagram, Genuine underscore Chit Chat. His website is genuinechitchat.wordpress.com. Geek is a super dummy production for Fantastic Universes. Find out more at fantasticuniverses.com and superdummy.co.uk slash geek. You can contact the show on Twitter at Era of Geek or by email geek at superdummy.co.uk. You can support the show and Fantastic Universes by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash fantasticuniverses.
Is there anything you wanted to add? I mean, I don't know why you even asked me. You should have just said, Mike, you've done enough now. You've you've chatted nonsense yeah. for an hour and a half. You've spoken <laughs> you had more you've spoken far more than I wanted you to. You know, if you're gonna wind that back, we're gonna edit it Is all. Is there out. anything relevant you should add? Maybe I should say. <laughs> there we go. This is this is why I'm the best tester for this sort of thing because I'll do everything wrong and I'll talk for far too long about everything if you're not specific enough. Um, 